Welcome to another episode of Back of the Grid, the Formula One podcast hosted by myself, Tom King, and I am joined as always by Chris Evans. Hello. And Stu Greenwood. Hello. How are we both? Good. Very good. Very, very good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. I'm glad the sport is back in full swing. Yes. Yeah. Gives me something to do. Like, even though it was a six o'clock in the morning race, um gotta say that new music kicking in for the whole intro thing like really like got the adrenaline flowing and got me buzzed for the race yeah. at six o'clock in the morning like yeah. in context yeah. it worked yeah. really well I've, when, when i first said it out of context i was like sorry guys the 90s called they want their theme tune back but actually in context when you see it with all the like snazzy graphics and stuff like that it looks yeah looks really good it sounds really good I really like and they it. also released that video kind of showing little clips and recording it alongside like clips of just f1 from over the years and that was awesome too it's kind of like the same thing they did with the new logos they just sort of these things unceremoniously appear on the internet with no context yeah. no sort of indication of where they're going to be and people are a bit yeah and then as soon as you see them actually where they're supposed to be it's like oh actually yeah that that really works yeah. You get the sense there's there's a mole in Formula One releasing these things before they're supposed <laughs> to be, don't you? Int- intentionally, though. Beta testing them. Yeah, huh. like like intentionally. You, you see it a lot with like sort of trailers and things for stuff like movies or TV shows as well, don't yeah. you? Just like little things leaking out onto the internet. So maybe it's just an intentional thing to kind of test the water with something. And if the reaction's like horrendous, it's like, uh-oh, plan B. Liberty, Liberty have got like a TV media type background, haven't they? So mm. I yeah, think it's well, yeah, where they came from. Yeah. Maybe it's just the world we live in these days. We live in pretty an age much where yeah. the internet exists, so things <laughs> will leak. <laughs> yeah, things end up on the internet before their actual time. But yeah, music is good, but racing is better. So I suppose we should talk about the Australian Grand Prix. A race won by one Sebastian Vettel. The key talking point has got to be the fact that Vettel took the lead under the virtual safety car. That has to be the key talking point, I think, of this race. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Well, it seems to have become the key talking point. Like, everybody is sort of... Well, I say everybody. A lot of people seem to be freaking out about the whole situation. (laughs) But to me, it didn't feel any different to all the other times over the years that either real or virtual safety car has just someone's been unlucky like that's just a thing that happens sometimes is it is it not a problem though do you think that when you enter the pit lane you're under a completely different speed limit meaning you can actually go faster than those on track do you not think that that is something that mm, should be looked into but then again would it not be the same under a regular safety car but you'd be faster under a regular safety car, would you not? Anyway. See, I'm not really sure. Like, No. Do you I know think? Obviously, the VSC, you have a set speed you have to drive to, but I don't know if they enforce a similar thing. I don't think it's quite as cut and dry as it under a regular safety car. Like, until you get behind the safety car itself, it's more just uh, you drive to double wave yellow conditions, yeah. whatever you interpret that as. 
like uh, I, f- I, f- I didn't think there was. I, I f- the si- so it's a sixty-two kilometer per hour speed limit, isn't it? In the uh, is that right? It's sixty kilometer an hour the speed pit limit. Pit one. lane one. It'll vary between different places, but I believe it is for Australia. Yeah, but for the majority of of pit yeah. lanes, it's sixty kilometers yeah. an hour, right? So, are you telling me they're going down under VSC conditions? The 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 down the pit straight it's they're going less than 60 kilometers an hour because i don't yeah that right, doesn't i thought they were going around about 100 kilometers an hour when uh yeah i'm honestly not sure to be honest with you it but then again it also depends on where he's been at on his previous deltas because it's not done at an actual speed is it the vsc it's no, done it's to, a, to time, a, yeah. a time delta so you can actually be quicker in certain sectors than others as long as you're meeting your delta times of where you've got to be at a certain time and you're not arriving yeah. at a checkpoint too early or anything like that so i think i think the the bigger factor was probably that the vsc came out when vettel was towards the end of the lap like if it had come out when he was through turn two or three or something he would have spent a lot of time at vsc speed and he probably wouldn't have come out in the lead but i think because he was so far around the lap anyway yeah. he didn't spend that much time at that speed yeah before he got to make his pit stop so the sort of net time was uh lower i guess yeah so he, he didn't get the penalty of going through the pit lane like you normally would like because not everyone yeah, totally driving at racing speed the cost of pitting is much much it's like halved yeah it's much less so yeah. as a result of that the 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 gap that he had to hamilton only actually needed to be about 10 seconds ish for him to come out in front a bit a little bit more than 10 maybe 12 seconds for him to come out in front yeah um because um, mercedes sort of they said they blamed a software problem for it they said uh 15 seconds is like the safe gap that you need they had 12 that they thought was still enough but it turned out it wasn't but basically they just blamed that their software hadn't calculated it correctly and as a result they hadn't told hamilton to push to close the gap anymore yeah, i think part of the problem is they is bottas wasn't in the right place wasn't he bottas was so far down the order that, that would have certainly yeah. helped yeah because i imagine if bottas had been where you'd expect him to be he would probably have stayed out along with vettel and have been kind of hounding him putting pressure on him well not only that ferrari would have had to pit vettel much sooner in order to cover bottas wouldn't they? of course yeah what 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 Ferrari did was they pitted Raikkonen early, it, re- relatively early, a bit sooner than they actually needed to, to force Hamilton to pit. On the assumption that if there is, well, on the gamble that if there is a safety car or a virtual safety car, then we'll throw Vettel in the pit and bring him out in front. It was a perfect strategy call. Oh yeah, completely. Um, and, uh, pe- people which is very unlike Ferrari in recent years. Yeah, as yeah. Well. Like people people need to give Ferrari more credit for that. Everyone's focusing on like. Mercedes making a mistake, but actually, oh yeah, totally. It was a bit of a masterstroke from Ferrari, I thought. Yeah, because not only did he end up ahead, he also meant that he was on like twelve or fifteen lap fresh tires yeah. in Hamilton yep. as well. Which, I mean, I think the circuit itself was the biggest factor in Hamilton not being able to get by because he was still clearly faster. But the tires certainly can't have uh, hurt Vettel's chances. Mm. Um, but I mean, the thing is, like, it happened all the way down the grid. Like, McLaren very much benefited from it at the expense of Renault. Like, Renault lost places yes. to the McLarens, and I think to 
uh, won the Red Bulls as well <clears throat> through exactly the same thing. They just happened to have pitted right before it. McLaren pitted right after it. Like it's just the fact that it changed the lead, I guess, that throws yeah. it into a. That's it. Well, that's what makes the limelight up, up in arm, doesn't it? That's you know, as soon as the lead changes, as soon as something that isn't an on-track overtake has an effect on the lead, then yeah, totally. it's, it's very dramatic. It's a dramatic effect. And at first, like, I was really confused at first because like, it's early, early in the morning, this race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was sort of, sort of half asleep. Well, I, I was. It, the race was just sort of settling into a bit of a procession before all this happened. And I was starting to sort of lose... Just two laps before it, I was thinking, oh, let's just calm down a little bit now. And then, obviously, both Hasses had their problems. And that's when the race came alive again. But, like, yeah. for that, there was a period of time where I was just like, what's going on? Was I asleep <laughs> for the last three laps? I don't understand <laughs> this anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was very much that, like, that lull that you tend to get about mm. a third of the way into a race, isn't it? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's Mercedes and Hamilton just got really unlucky at the end of the day. I think it's yeah. it's a shame that because of the nature of the circuit and the nature of these cars, Hamilton, who was clearly still much faster than Vettel, couldn't find a way past him. Um, you know, it would be nice to see them having an actual proper fight rather than Hamilton getting close and then, and, you know, yeah. Hamilton was clearly pushing because he ended up making that mistake that mm-hmm. finally dropped him about a second and a half uh, behind before he finally gave up the thing is though to take into account that ferrari is still quick as quick as hamilton was that ferrari is still going to be able to put up a good fight against them this season oh yeah totally and you've only got to look at qualifying as well like q3 was i think the ferraris didn't really nail their laps and hamilton did a near perfect lap which made the gap look probably a bit bigger than it really is but there was like tenths covering the Mercedes, Red Bulls and Ferraris yeah. which bodes well yeah, just on that Hamilton lap my goodness what a lap a that was hell of a lap yeah. Indeed. Have like, he was up watch the whole thing on found- board yeah yeah, yeah yeah I like we've had what are essentially these same spec of cars for a couple of years now but like watching them going through turn one and two every single time I saw an onboard all over again I couldn't believe how quack, how quick they were going through that <laughs> corner yeah, how quack though. How quack? <laughs> it's, it's quack. That it was quack speed. The <laughs> yeah, um, damn impressive. Yeah, Hamilton found like four temps through turns one and two on yeah. that lap. It was absolutely crazy. The speed they really through stick there. through there. Yeah, the whole lap though, it felt. I remember watching the quali laps and just whether it was the some of the changes in the camera angles or or because you know this aero regulation has evolved even more this year and obviously teams are getting more to grips with with that i don't know but just every single corner around that track looked and felt flat out it you know it almost yeah. looked like they weren't breaking for anything at times you know with the, some of the speed they carried around the corners that is another <clears throat> liberty media thing isn't it like this is their first proper race of them being completely in control yeah. i think yeah. they said the camera angles were the thing they would look at and yeah I know it's so many new camera angles I've never like if you normally you go to a track and you know exactly what shots you're going to see every corner from because I've been the same for mm. years and years now and there were a bunch of new camera angles that just looked yeah super cool yep like um there was the one at what would it be turn four and five so like the second right left and then that flat out right hander yep like the camera the brand new camera pointing 
sort of head onto the cars so you saw them come towards you and then flick around that right hand yeah. and it just looks incredible one, one of my favorite shots was on the final corner where they, they were sort of whooshing past the camera and going round the final corner and then the camera would sort of zoom into them as they opened up yeah. the DRS flap and, yeah. and run up the main straight and they looked just so looked rapid so cool. building speed they looked, building speed through that final corner to get onto the pit straight looked great they looked awesome yeah yeah. So hats off to Liberty Media for yeah that for is because <clears throat> it just looked great and I think it also helps that like as the cars are lining up on the grid like I was struck by just how different they all look and how colourful they are this they year. Do like, see, they seem a lot more colourful. Like even it's so weird, but even the Ferrari looks redder than you. Yeah, I think it's the lack of white just makes the red pop even more. But I almost wonder if they've messed with the sort of contrast of possibly. the camera feed as well, possibly. Yeah, because that Renault as well looks like bright, bright yellow, yeah. and the pink of the Force India looks a little more vibrant this year as well. <laughs> yeah, they even made the Force India look kind of okay. Yeah, so yeah. it's just like super saturated all the cameras. Yeah, so. whether yeah. it is that or whether it is more that the liveries have changed slightly, I don't know. But yeah, yeah they definitely look really look good this year. There's, there's not particularly a bad looking car because like you say even the force india looked fairly nice during that race <laughs> the mclaren looks great oh, the mclaren so poppy with that blue on the rear wing as well i mean yeah. we're, we're basically talking about car liveries now but yeah <laughs> but they <laughs> do look, look great <laughs> yeah phenomenal well one of the duller liveries will uh, can bring us to another team which is Haas. <laughs> <laughs> um oh. especially dull when they're grinding to a halt yeah so yeah. um Haas were probably the catalyst of all the action, like you said, with, with Grosjean. Yeah. But before Grosjean, even Magnussen had a problem. And they were both front-left wheels that weren't attached properly, weren't they? No, no I, I think thought... the first one was rear-left, ah, second front-left. So they were, they were yeah. both the same wheel, yeah. but still left-hand no. side. Still, it's half the pit crew like yeah yeah made a massive mistake that one though, that like one ending mistake. embarrassed man who decided to go hide in a cupboard when he realized what had gone oh. on yeah <laughs> i think oh, i'd go hide. it's probably looking for the nearest rock to crawl under yeah but um the has debacle of bad pit stops a team that were running really well in the race to be brutally honest and looking fourth and yeah. fifth good. at the time weren't they yeah Maybe fourth and sixth but that's what biting last season's ferrari will get you <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it was the best ever qualifying fourth and fifth they were running fourth and sixth in the race which probably would have been their best ever finish as well and like we were all a bit suspicious of them in testing at their sudden pace and then qualifying they like still managed it but even their race pace seemed like although there's like a bit of a train behind Magnussen at one point like they still seem to have fairly solid race pace mm. but yeah just all I could not believe what I was seeing when that second one ground to a halt with the no. same thing. Yeah, really, they've got two things to look at, and and one is why it was happening in the first place. What was what was going on that was causing them to have? Because they were both cross-threaded in the end, weren't they? It was both very similar wheels, issues yeah. for both cars. So the question, I suppose, would be to look at that, but also you've got to bear in mind the um, the fact that the signal system was letting them go. Now, there's like three men on a wheel, isn't there? So whether there's one particular person that, as far as they're aware, is okay, because generally it tends to be the mm. raise of that one man's hand to signal to the lollipop and the, the signal guy that it's good to go. Um, and then am I right in saying that most teams use 
the jacks to control the lights. So the guy in the jack, as he pushes the button to drop the car, that is what actually triggers the lights to go green to, to tell the driver he can it can shift. I'm not entirely sure. I would assume so, yeah, because that's yeah, there's a the last logic. thing that has yeah. to be. It might not be all teams that run it, but I'm I'm pretty sure that when you watch some of the things like um the the piece from the other year about the Williams pit crew and everything like that, I'm pretty sure they use a system similar to <clears> that and obviously it's it's on him to hit the button as he drops the car to give the driver the green, and then as the driver's reacting to the green, like the wheels are literally hitting the ground as that happens. But yeah, yeah, just so devastated for them, though. I mean, so Gunter Steiner, the team principal, said that he puts it down to a lack of pit stop practice. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly why, but he said they were having to spend most of the weekend doing other things like i don't know if there would be setup changes or if they had like problems that to swap parts or something we basically said they had next to no time for pick stop practice over the weekend but like even so that's like a big part of their jobs and they do a lot of practice in the off season as well yeah. like it's yeah. <clears throat> it's not like they just turned up and this was the first time yeah. they've done a pit stop since abu dhabi last year it's just you know it's it's the heat of the moment, isn't it? When it's all right doing it, you can do all the practice in the world, but at the end of the day, it's not until you get to the races and the pressure's really on yeah. that these mis- these mistakes happen. It's yeah. a lot you know? to do in two and a half seconds, and also yeah. notice whether it's been done properly or not. Yeah, um, it, it's very yeah, sort of unfortunate, and to be honest, I think quite unlikely that it's happened to both teams especially with um it not being like attributed to a faulty gun or anything like that because that was your initial yeah. thoughts wasn't it that there's possibly something like that that's faulty but it just seems like mm. it's pure bad luck seems that way mm. it's um it was interesting what grosjean said afterwards he said like obviously this is pretty devastating um but if we can carry on showing this pace for the rest of the season. I'm sure we'll very quickly forget about this. If we don't, then this is going to stick in our minds for a very long time. It's a fair point, really, isn't it? it you know, if they do hold on to that yeah. pace that they appear to actually have come race weekends, then you know yeah, they'll they have picking up points only, throughout the season. Realistically, my only concern for them is that they won't be able to keep up the development. development. So they need to be cashing yeah. in these points first half of the season before people start catching them. I would very yeah, much put absolutely. them in that sort of force India bracket of absolutely. Um, being able to start strong but then tail off because of lack of development, which force India, unfortunately, appear that they might have to work the other way this year. They didn't look as... Yeah. Um, impressive as last year it was a slow start for them yeah it's an interesting tidbit i heard about them but i guess we'll get to them in a little bit yeah um one team that had a, a few tangles with the hasses actually since i have just done has was obviously the red bulls um more notably um <laughs> mr verstappen had a tangle with magnuson yeah too yeah they had a really hard time getting by the hasses didn't yeah, they this, mm. which i think does maybe hark back to the fact that it is so close to being last year's Ferrari because that's kind of where Red Bull were last year uh, sort of on the tail of the Ferrari and, and yeah. it, it makes sense if, if that's what that has is that that's where Red Bull well, I'm gonna, are roughly this, this isn't great radio but I'm going to send you guys, I don't know if you've seen these pictures before 
but it's a link to a tweet Ooh, where someone did some comparison shots between last year's Ferrari and this year's Haas. Yeah. And the similarities, especially in the area in front of the side pods, is yeah. striking. I've definitely seen some um, comparison pictures, whether I've seen these ones in particular. I yeah. Like the... Oh, oh my goodness. Like the, the nose... down shot. Yeah, the nose shape's near identical. The kind of... The, the rear end is not perhaps quite as similar, but certainly that whole area in front of the barge boards, which was very much where Ferrari did the bulk of their development last year anyway, is so It's similar. identical. Yeah, it's, it's identical, basically identical. It? So uh, it's it's not hyperbole to say they are basically running last year's Ferrari at this point. Yeah. It, this this really bugs me this debate because customer teams I mean we've we discussed this on our chat haven't we customer teams are banned in Formula One as of two thousand and I think two thousand seven maybe two thousand two thousand six um, so you can't buy a car a year old car off an old team you have to develop your own car just like every every team on the grid has to make their own car from scratch they can buy the engine obviously but that's basically it. And this is this is a customer car to me. So, so how it's, how would you feel if you if you'd gone to all that effort to build a car and someone else in the grid shows up with last year? Yeah, I, I can completely understand that point. But it the the annoying thing is that it complies within the regulations of customer car rules, where mm. and we we had this exact discussion, which was. The fact that you know there'll be certain things that obviously Ferrari are allowed to within the rules sell Haas, and then it is practically the best example that I thought of, as tough as it sounds, was the one with the the cake thing. It's like here's all the ingredients, here's what the end product needs to look like, but we can't give you the recipe. So, but you can buy all this offers, and we'll send you some, you know, mm, yeah, and work out how to yeah. put it together yourself, and you're fine. And that's kind of what's happening. Um, I, th- I thought Chris put it really well when he said, um, "Here are some very detailed photos of all of our yeah. things." Yeah, because so you can design like, your own versions of them. We can't give you the aero parts; we'll just tell you exactly what yeah. they look like and sell you the ingredients yeah, to make it's a, them. It's a strange as well. one. Like, yeah, sell you the components. <laughs> yeah. What, what I, guess... I find most, what I find most bizarre about it is they've now got a junior team in uh, Alfa Romeo. It's going to be interesting how those two relationships develop, actually, isn't it? Yeah, because they can't. Surely they can't be supplying a car to both teams in the end. Like, and if they're the junior, t- if Alfa yeah. are the junior, Alfa Romeo Sauber are the junior team, then surely I guess, they're going to want a slice of that Ferrari pie. I guess the difference though is, Ferrari are giving things to Sauber in exchange for putting one of their brands on the car, whereas Haas are buying stuff from Ferrari. Yeah, and yeah. as well, it's it's a little like possibly the Toro Rosso Red Bull scenario because if you look at those cars there there is differences between them and it's quite likely that there's maybe ideas that they're coming up with at Ferrari that they'll ship down the road to Alfa Romeo Sauber and say run you know to, to a certain degree with within the rules of what they're allowed to do but it wouldn't surprise me if there's things that they don't want to risk running on the Ferrari that they would somehow get the Sauber to run and find out how, how yeah, it maybe. works um, and how it performs to then possibly evolve it, yeah, which of. it wouldn't surprise me if Toro Rosso had been doing that for Red Bull for a number of years. Yeah. 
plus yeah, anything. It's, it's that... kind of like a live testing exactly. session for them. Yeah, almost. Becomes, isn't it, each race? Like extra plus, testing. I think anything that does work, Haas probably won't see until the beginning of next season, whereas Alfa Romeo will get it as, as soon yeah. as they can get it to them, I guess. Yeah. Um, but like going back to us saying about how well Haas can develop over the year, I guess the downside to them basically running last year's Ferrari is they have the Ferrari that finished the season last year. So how much more development can you do on a car that's been developed for an entire year? Like it's going to be much more difficult for them to find more time out of that car because Ferrari spent a whole year on it and that's what they came up with. Like how Mm. much more can Haas add to that? I guess we'll see. Mm. So far though, like the pace they showed was properly impressive and yeah, can't see I'd like I imagine McLaren are gonna overhaul them sooner rather than later. Um Renault was certainly slower than McLaren, so I don't know about them. Force India you'd expect to get better, but yeah, it's impressive stuff. Indeed. Yeah. Um speaking of McLaren. Yeah, I was just about to say exactly that, Stu, you took the word right out of my mouth. Yeah, speaking of McLaren, um fairly decent result for them. It, would you say it's round about what we expected after what we saw in testing yeah, pretty much probably. yeah um, obviously they were helped by the Hasses both retiring whether they'd have been able to beat the Hasses or not I don't know um, but yeah it's, it's probably about where yeah, I expected a very optimistic Alonso off the back of it as well saying that he actually thinks that there's still more in it and um, they'll, they will perform better as the season's going on which I suppose with a team like McLaren being able to develop as well, you would expect that. But yeah, um, you'd be it's the first time I've heard to... him optimistic like that in a long time after a race. Yeah, you definitely just the whole team. You see whole shots of the McLaren garage, and everybody was happy. Like I don't remember the last it's, time I saw. It says that. a lot though when you're coming home with a fifth, and it it makes the team overjoyed. Yeah, it's sort of yeah. sad. Well, but... fifth and a ninth points for both cars as well, which is. That's a yeah a bonus considering that didn't happen much at all for the last three years. It's the first time Alonso's seen the checker flag in Australia for about yeah. five years, I think, which is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was good. They looked quick. They were faster than the Renault with their engine, which is a good start. To, uh, you know, given that's going to be one of their benchmarks. For yeah, the year. they were up there on general pace as well um, in terms of fastest laps. Um, I think they were sixth and seventh on the fastest lap board. So mm. the um, quite a few Renault engines up there, to be brutally honest. Ricardo took the actual fastest lap at the race. Um, obviously, Verstappen yeah. was in there, both <clears throat> McLarens. Um, I think Hulkenberg was in the top ten as well. So a number of Renault engines getting in and amongst yeah. that, which is good to see. I guess it's not a power track, though, is True. it? I wouldn't expect them to be that high up come Bahrain in a week or two's time. Yeah. Um, they um, they managed to outdo the works Renault team as well, who uh, they came home 7th and 10th for Hulkenberg and Sainz, respectively. Um, Sainz didn't um, really have a brilliant... Oh, no, sorry. That Yeah, that is right, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sainz didn't have a particularly brilliant race, but seem to be ill to some degree i don't know i don't yeah, really know what was going one. on there it was blamed under the drinks system wasn't it yeah so basically the they said he's like the drinks bottle they have a button to push that squirts some drink into their mouth and 
he's malfunctioned and just was pouring the water directly into his mouth constantly. And he said he thinks just kind of, you know, you're concentrating on driving a car and kind of subconsciously without thinking, he was just drinking all of it. Um, and as a result, he had about half a litre of water in his stomach sloshing around every time he went around a corner or hit the brakes <laughs> or anything. And he said it made him feel really very sick and he nearly threw up inside his helmet during the safety car. Um, mm. So yeah, considering he wasn't a well boy, he did well to finish the race at all, I think. Yeah. Um, Hulk was unlucky as well, to be fair. the um, He's another one we sort of touched on earlier with the virtual safety car, kind of got Alonso past him. Um, but he did a good job in keeping Bottas behind him as well. Yeah. Um, um, what is this where we expect Renault to be majority of the season? Do we think, or do we think they've also got more in them, like McLaren seem to think they've got in themselves? It's interesting because it's like they're they're the third best of the three Renault teams at the moment. Yeah, as the works team, that's but really not good enough. Is it like they they always kind of have been because even the Toro Rosso was generally better mm. than this when it had a Renault engine, so. It's, yeah. it's that weird thing where Renault appear to be, um, I, well, I wouldn't say they're happy to let their customers outdo them, but they must be one of the few manufacturers that uh, are giving their customer teams pretty much a, the, a, you know, a full on par engine, whereas the Ferrari Mercedes, in my opinion, there, there must be something that they're managing to eke out of it, but Renault were yeah. maybe giving that information to the customer teams. I don't know. Yeah, it's. I mean, like cause Renault have said pretty much from when they um, first came back a few years ago that they, you know, it was a, they weren't expected to win straight away, and it was a work in progress. But I would have expected them to be making bigger leaps by this point than they yeah. have been, to be honest. Yeah, it would be nice to see them doing better, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I don't think they've really got the the aero team there, have they? I can't think of anybody notable that they have in that sort of area to carry them forward. No, it's definitely the the point they're weakest, I think, and it's somewhere an area that McLaren and Red Bull are both very good exactly. in. Exactly. So. Um, moving on from Renault. Um, Moving on, we've again sort of talked about how average Force India were briefly early, and I don't think there's much more to say about it, really, is there? It's, um, it, there's still a lot yeah, of old aero parts on that car. I think most notably the front wing. Um, yeah, I think it's Will Buxton said they're, they're running the front wing that they introduced in Singapore last yeah, year still. which is... No, not, not brilliant. This, they're very behind on dev, I would say. If that's the case, it sounds like they're having some real uh, cash flow problems at the start of this year, which is sort of halting how much they can develop. To be honest, car. considering the current situation of that team owner, are you surprised? Yeah, there is that. It's, the thing um, is, as well, with it not being, um, f- well, with it looking at moving away from Force India, um. <clears throat> I don't know. Is there a potential that VJ might just sell up? Possibly, I guess. I mean, it's just a shame after seeing them make such leaps forward in the last few years. They're suddenly because they, they were kind of nowhere, were they? They both finished just outside the points. Yeah. I think. Um, where are they? Yeah, eleventh and twelfth. Um, almost a minute off 
at the end. Yeah, it's disappointing. Indeed. Hope, hopefully, things will right themselves and we will see a little more of them as the season goes on. Fingers yeah. crossed. Um, another team that we just sort of they turned up, but we didn't really see a huge amount of was Toro Rosso. <laughs> uh, Gaza was unlucky in a sense with an engine failure. Um, especially given that the uh, Honda engines did all of testing without a single yeah. problem, and then they get to the first yeah. race, yeah. and a Honda fails on them. Like we said last week, though, um, it's not until you run these engines in the heat of battle that you exactly, really start yeah. to see yeah. things go pop on them, and that was a prime can... example of it. We actually we called it, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, after after like testing everyone, saying have McLaren made a mistake, you've got to imagine yeah. Alonso had a smile on his face when he drove past a smoking <laughs> yeah. Toro Rosso. Yeah. yeah, a little grinning under the crash helmet. Yeah, um, Hartley kind of made a mess of things for himself a little, didn't he? Really, sort of <laughs> immediately, like, big lock up causing him to end up on a two stop strategy. Literally, the only person I think did that, as far as I'm aware. And that was that was because yeah he was um, I think he just took too much out of the tires um, locking up into turn one must have been a horrendous thing to drive <clears> in the state the tires looked like they were in afterwards yeah well he yeah to, to have to pit at the end of lap one it must be yeah real bad but yeah like that strategy just didn't work he was the only person to be lapped actually yes he was indeed in the whole race. he was <clears> um, well Lance Stroll was very close to being lapped <laughs> yeah. Alfa Romeo Sauber um, didn't do too badly. Uh, Leclerc managed to yeah, make his way would... back up to 13th by the end, um, which, considering he, I think he started down in, I want to say 18th, I'll just have to check. I but, think so, yeah. Um, yeah, 18th he started, so considering that's where he was, it's not too bad. It was um, it was actually really impressive debut like no mistakes he he did although 18th doesn't sound great like he did a decent job in qualifying um yeah finished 13th he actually overtook stroll on the way to doing that apparently he wasn't getting the fuel consumption data on yes his he wheel, was having a lot of trouble not an ideal situation yeah to be. so they were having to um, they were having to run a lot more conservatively than they wanted to um meaning that um Towards the end of the race, I think it, they did allow him to push a little bit, but it, you know they'd been running really conservatively just to be safe and make sure they, they were running to a, a good fuel consumption level. Um, obviously, Ericsson DNF'd, so we need to, I suppose, maybe see them both finish a couple of races and start seeing where Leclerc does weigh up against him. But it was only about a, less yeah, than a tenth totally. of him in qualifying, so yeah. I think so yeah. No, I was I was very impressed with him um, for a, for a debut. That was that was damn good. Yeah, um, and then we have um, last in our roundup, the Williams team. Um, yeah. Sorokin first out with a brake issue. <laughs> um, apparently, debris stuck in the brake duct. Um, Plastic mm. bag, apparently. Anyone who's rear brake ducts. Yeah. Hmm. How was he looking before that? It was quite early on, wasn't it? That he. It was yeah, really early in the race. It was about um, find him. Lap four. There you go. Yeah. So we didn't really get to see a a precisely from him, did we? Yeah, he was. He was a chunk off uh, stroll in qualifying, though. Um, 
Sorokin went out in Q3 with a 124.9. Yeah. Stroll was in Q2 with a 124.2. So it was a good half a second off. Yeah. Admittedly in two different sessions, but still. Mm. Not amazing. Um, They just didn't look good though, did they, Williams? No. No. Yeah, I feel I feel like we didn't see much of like Sauber during the race, even though there was like, obviously there was the big chase at the front with Hamilton and Vettel and the cameras were sort of locked on that for quite a long time. I felt like we didn't really get much of a much of a view of yeah, like the, the actually, sort of lower um, end teams this this time round this race. Uh, Charles Clerk um, on Twitter posted a picture of him overtaking um, Lance Stroll and said, "I'm pretty sure there's no footage of it anywhere on TV, but here's a photo <laughs> to prove I really did overtake him." <laughs> um, yeah, apparently, like the Williams had uh, some overheating issues, so most of the like the faster race engine modes he couldn't use um yeah and stroll said after the race that they were basically surviving rather than racing which is pretty damning yeah he didn't look happy at all you know he's getting a bit big for his boots isn't he lance stroll a little bit yeah season two he's uh he thinks he's all that getting a bit stormsy (laughs) way too big for your boots (laughs) The, the thing is we we sort of had our concerns after testing with the williams didn't we because they were notably one of the teams with the least improvement between 2017 testing and 2018 yeah. testing. And mm. in terms of where they are on the grid this weekend and obviously where they are come the end of the race as well, it's potential that they might be struggling this year. Especially with teams like the... Well, um, it- the McLarens and the Haas of this world, like yeah. you know, it'd be been even worse for them if the Haas hadn't retired. So, yeah, I mean they've fallen like two or three teams down Easily. the order straight away, yeah. which is at least it's not good. I, I'm I'm concerned for the rest of their Indeed. season. But you'd have to see what they can do development-wise over the coming months, heading into the European leg. Yeah, they've got a lot to do because they've got some. They've got a lot to do because they've got some pretty serious corner stability issues going on apparently yeah. from the new yeah. So I think if they can get from the look of the car, they don't look like a slow car. Weirdly, if they can get, I think if they can get that, it's because aerodynamically it's really it looks very very developed. Yeah, it but, does. It's weird, but it's I guess the mechanical grip just isn't there in the corners. Or well, aero grip maybe maybe it's not all working together yeah. the way they expected. Yeah, probably. But they've got a they've got a lot of work to do. It to is that car back it is quite it. a big departure from the last couple of years of Williams. So I guess yeah, they're still mm. trying to figure it all Indeed. out. Indeed. Uh, just actually quickly going back, we sort of skipped over a couple of things with Mercedes and Ferrari. Um, Bottas went from fifteenth on the grid after his crashing qualifying and uh, gearbox penalty, wasn't it? Yeah. Indeed. Take? Yeah. Um, and he only managed to get as high as eighth, which I think they expected him to be able to get a lot higher than that. Um, but apparently he had a lot of overheating issues, so he had to back off every like two or three laps, which is disappointing. Um, but not the start of the season Bottas needs when he's only got a yes. one-year deal and there's lots of people looking at that Mercedes seat. He's going to need to do a lot mm-hmm. more for the rest of the year. And of an avoidable um, error in qualifying was the cause of all yes, of that. Yes, it was a bit of a silly one. So... Um, maybe overdriving the car a little yeah uh, and then want to mention Kimi Räikkönen as well because he was really quick all weekend um, out qualified Vettel was running second until the 
uh, VSC business. Um, and I honestly don't think, unless Ferrari did some funny strategy stuff as they've done before with him, I couldn't really see Vettel beating him, to be honest. I think Raikkonen was unlucky not to get second. Yeah, he had a, he had a very good weekend, Kimmy. I was um, pleasantly surprised by the pace that he had because yeah. there's been times over the last year or two where that age-old question of could this be his last year comes up mainly because he looks like he's just turning up to put the car around and finish wherever Vettel is like like a place down on him kind of thing so you know if Vettel's first bring it home second or third you just keep the Mercedes behind him that that sort of job but he actually looked genuinely on pace and fast this weekend which is great to see yep who's having a party (laughs) all weekend nice reference to the qualifying post qualifying conference (laughs) comments there um, but yeah, move of the day. Who who would you give overtake or move of the day to, gentlemen? I can only really think of one decent one, to be completely honest with you. Um, and that was Ricardo passing Hulkenberg uh, quite early on into turn something. <laughs> the the end <laughs> of the new DRS zone they added. Come what turn it is. Yeah, it was turn 13, I think. 13 or 14, I think, yeah. 13 or 14. That must mean yeah. the new graphics um, weren't in use at that particular moment because if they were, you would have seen which turn number it was on the screen. I think it's more likely that they were there, but it was about <laughs> 10 past 6 in the morning and I wasn't quite yeah. awake enough to pay attention. That's definitely more likely the situation. Um, I'd yes. like to have a little bit of a shout out for Magnuson's start personally. Um, to to put yeah. it to good start and then to put it round the outside of the Red Bulls and but yeah it did it showed a lot of guts didn't it to to ride round the outside like that and into turn two yeah it was good yeah so so Ricardo had got his grid penalty hadn't it's he been under the red flag scenario at, I believe in quality yeah 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 so. um so it was just around uh, yeah uh, Verstappen yeah into turn one um yeah it was a heck of a move yeah it was, good. was a good move yeah. Um, uh, for me, my vote is if if I had to cast deciding vote, I would probably go Ricardo and Hulkenberg for P four. I thought that was um, a, yeah. Even though it was DRS, it was a good move. And as Varda also wrote in to suggest uh, Verstappen's three sixty <laughs> spin, it was well caught. To be fair, <laughs> once he did spin, it was well yeah, held. Well yeah, caught. he's just very lucky. To let go on the way into the corner, not the way the out. Bottas situation. Yeah, uh, repeating a Bottas yes, the day before. Yeah. Uh, and has also suggested uh, Hass's tyre changes as employee of the day. Which <laughs> oh, is, uh, yeah. obviously <laughs> some sarcasm there. <laughs> um, yes. There are actually only 15 overtakes in the entire race, so it's no wow. wonder we're struggling to think of any more. To be yeah, it didn't, it didn't feel um, that uneventful, did it? I don't think. I think there was always potential for it, wasn't there? And that was the be- thing. There's, it, maybe yeah. a lot of it didn't come to fruition, but it, I guess it comes back to what you were saying about like Hamilton very clearly being quicker and the track not necessarily being the best to allow him to take advantage of that and make a move on Vettel. I think there was a lot of that up well, and down the grid, really, wasn't there? It made me think of what we said about the Formula E race a week or two ago where the um, Vernon Degrassi battle we had was even though there was no overtakes, it was good because you there were overtakes everywhere else so you knew it was possible. Whereas watching Vettel and Hamilton, no one else was overtaking each other either. So you kind of always expected it just to finish yeah. in the order you saw it in, which was a shame. 
Um, I think on a different track, we'd probably have had um, Hamilton, Vettel, Ricardo podium because Ricardo was all over the back of Raikkonen right at the end and definitely looked yeah. quicker than him. Um, but yeah, I think I, I would Ricardo happily give it officially to Ricardo with just that shout for Magnussen's move yet again. Um, yeah, he gets this award a lot from us, doesn't he? It is his forte. He does, yeah. I mean, he no, doesn't exactly do boring overtakes, though, does he? Um, driver of the day. Um, uh, uh, Fernando Alonso got the official vote during the weekend. Um, but you've got to... You, you sort of feel like he just got that because he yeah. finished in the points. Like, I think, given the couple of years Alonso has yeah. had, that's enough. Um, Leclerc probably deserves a mention on a full debut, as you were saying before, just because it, it was a, a decent drive from him to to come home 13th, although it's not points or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's, he's on the pace of his teammate it's already. Not ever expected that car to be in the points. Hopefully we'll see more of him going forward. Yeah, totally. Um, um, I want to give a shout-out to yeah. Grosjean as well, not for anything he did in the car, but the fact that after the Haas disaster he went straight out to where all the mechanics were just distraught and went around and sort of consoled them all and yeah. uh, talked to them all, which was just a very nice touch, I thought. Yeah, that's good. Um, let's not forget Vettel um, holding off Hamilton for yeah. practically half a race. Yeah. Under immense pressure, because he, he was never really more than... a. a, a much more than two seconds behind. True. Most of the time, it was about a second behind. And it, most, a lot of drivers, if you got a driver like Hamilton behind you, they would have cracked under that kind of pressure because he was rapid. Yeah. Although he was gifted that position in mm. the first place. Well, mm. he was half but once gifted, he got half it, he, on a good strategy call. Yeah, and once once he had got it, he, I think he did earn yeah. it. Yeah. Once he had it, so it, it's a good drive. I think probably not the driver of the day, but definitely worth a mention. It's a tricky one. This looking down the yeah, order, I'm like not the, sure the, who the people else. making up positions were probably most notably maybe Alonso, um, Ricardo picked up a fair few. He made it started eighth, didn't he? After his penalty, I think so. He picked up like four places. Yeah. Bottas obviously went fifteenth to eighth. So whether that it's not really a sole thing we judge this on, is it? It's like an overall thing, but. Um, yeah, that helps. I don't know. I, th- I think I genuinely just have to go with the majority and say Alonso, personally. But if anything, I think I'm leaning back towards um, Leclerc. I, would, I thought he did a real good job for a debut. Yeah, I, I'd probably go. Ooh, uh, deciding for I'm, I'm really torn between Alonso and Le- I know again. Yeah, it's tricky. Um, I'm gonna go. I felt like I didn't really see much of Alonso either, to be honest. I don't know whether I was... Maybe, looking back, I did watch the race, but I feel like <laughs> not much of it sunk in because it was so early in the morning. Um, I'm going to go Leclerc because it was his debut okay. and he smashed it. That's fine. All right, yeah. I, I, can, I, I can fully accept that. Cool. I'm just appeasing the masses by saying they weren't wrong voting for Alonso. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then it's time for the infamous back of the grid section. Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? Prime candidate has to be surely the Haas wheel nuts shoot, does it not? It really does, yeah. yeah. Um, it's hard to look past that. Just throwing away the best result you've ever had as a team by not doing something 
fairly basic. Yeah. Putting the wheels you on know, the car. Yeah, it's easy to sit here and criticise when I'm not the one having to change the wheels on a car in two and a half seconds. But even yeah. so. Um, yeah. Uh, they got my vote as well. Yeah. Um, we should also mention the uh, last name versus last name uh, graphical error that they had <laughs> at one point. Yeah. Which was uh, yeah. unfortunately I missed this live at the time and had to get you two to explain it to me. I'm that, that would have been cut out, I think, on your on your re- replay that you watched. Yeah, probably. I doubt that yeah, was the highlight. Made the cut, I don't think. <laughs> but um, to be fair to the guys doing it, it's a new graphics package. You know, you're gonna get these little sort of. Oh yeah, of course. And, and actually, on that, I thought the new graphics were. I, really I yeah, good. I, I quite really, like really a lot like of the them. new stuff that they've added, um, and it, it's very sort of um, geared to help newer viewers, which is good. I, to be honest, even us. But the thing that I really noticed and enjoyed and liked was the turn numbers when. And it's not not an easy thing to do. Yeah, to, it's such a cool touch. Obviously, they're going to know which camera they they go into and and where on the track that camera is. But to be able to like follow a driver through turn after turn and keep that graphic updated as to where that car is on track, yeah, it's is, impressive. Um, not only useful, but like you say, it's an impressive thing. Um, and even the little things mm. like uh, there was a point where I was watching, uh, it was Ricardo chasing Hulkenberg I want to say and they had these little graphics of the wheel um, showing like yeah, the, steering the steering lock that they had they? and the gear shifts yeah. and everything like it's quite impressive to see all the yeah, little like things that, like that showing up because we've had the brake I'll tell you what, yeah. um, and throttle things for a number of years haven't we but not anything as detailed well, as that mm, I don't recall seeing those once this weekend the brake and throttles the brake and throttle I don't remember seeing them either to be honest so I, I'm worried yeah, that they've either. I'm worried that they've been cut out of it. Place one with the other. Yeah, because I I quite I used to get quite the you used to get the throttle trace on like the um sorry the rev uh, trace on yeah. yes. the onboards as well. I'm not seeing that either. No. Um, but I mean you know it's it's the first race of these things. I'm sure there's they will keep updating them. Yeah. Like the I've seen a lot of people saying that they missed having um the tyre compound alongside the driver's name at the side as well which uh, yeah. is you know not great to not be able to see what tyres mm-hmm. they're on but yeah I mean these are all things that can change pretty easily and overall I thought yeah it was like, really I, I like the the new brand as it is to be perfectly honest with you as, yeah. as much as there was a little uh, sort of unease about things like the logo at the end of last year and stuff like that as all these things are coming together as a brand I'm quite enjoying the, the change, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, so. totally. I've honestly already forgotten that the logo has changed in the last six months to completely honest I, with you. Yeah. I've even logo, chosen though. to listen to the theme tune out of context as a musical track. <laughs> That's how into this you new brand it I am. popping into my head. It's a proper, like, earworm. I, yeah. I keep getting that song stuck in my head, which, you know, I guess... Guessing he's yeah. doing his job yeah. there. I was in the shower the other morning, just da, 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 um, Shall we talk about predictions? Yes, yes. it is prediction Let's league. So first week of prediction league. Would you like to go through this yes. one, Chris? Sure. Um, yeah, we had lots and lots of you entering your predictions on our new all singing, all dancing website, which is awesome. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> and we actually had. Two people got four out of four on the very first week, which is 
incredibly impressive. Uh, Tom Austin Morgan and Austin Cavan have both got four out of four, which uh, bodes well for the rest of the season for them. We also had a, quite a few people getting threes. Uh, as for us, Tom, you got three. Uh, you got you got um, qualifier winner and number of finishes spot on. Uh, I only scored two. I just got Vettel winning and uh, Van Dorn finishing ninth. And Stu, you only got one point, unfortunately. You only got the winner correct. Yep. Um, but yeah, overall, quite a high-scoring week. Um, if you want to go to backofthegrid.com, the uh, last week results page and the overall standings page are both live now, so you can go and have a look how you did and where you sit in the table. Um, our reigning champions, Dat's Life, only scored two. They got Hamilton uh, on pole and number of finishes correct. Um Interestingly, they were only like one away on every other yeah. prediction they had. So they <laughs> came very close to a five, but only got a two in the end. So, yeah, lots of people scoring highly, taking the fight to our champions. Uh, and it's going to be really exciting to see where that goes for yeah. the rest of the year. Um, so if you've not already, yeah. it's never too late to join. Exactly. Um, Bearing in mind, we had of... Craig Mitchell, who joined us like uh, Azerbaijan last year and came second over the listeners, I believe. So yeah, if so you're on form. Plenty of time to catch up. Uh, and we're still working the details but we're going to have as always have a prize for anyone who can get a clean sweep of 5 out of 5 in a week yeah. as well yes um, so lots and lots to play for uh, and if nothing else you can just probably turn up and beat us because last year we had the advantage yeah. that we started on our own at the very start of the season so we finished top 3 no such luck this year no <laughs> currently 7th, 9th and 21st between us and I don't yeah. know how much higher <laughs> that we can get but on that, a big a big thank you to everyone yeah. who's entered. Um, yes, we've been we, is, blown away by how many people have joined straight away. Um, so thank you very much for that. And I hope you all come back every week and invite your friends and let's get a giant competition going out of this. Yes. Indeed. Um, so that, I think, pretty much wraps us up for this week in the Australian Grand Prix. Um, if you would like to get involved with us via social media, you can do so by finding us on Twitter at Back of the Grid F1. You can find us on Facebook by heading to facebook.com slash backofthegridf1. And you can obviously, as we've already mentioned, head to the website at backofthegrid.com where you can register for the Predictions League, partake next week for Bahrain and future races, and also get in touch with us through there as well. Um, if you'd like to find myself on Twitter, I'm TomKing89. Stu is Stu underscore PX and Chris is TNM Chris. Uh, we will be back next week to look ahead to the Bahrain Grand Prix. But until then, take care, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.